Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we're going to be talking about new rules affecting home loan borrowers, further banking collapses, Joe Biden's back in, and Tucker Carlson's out. So let's talk about it. And before we get started, listeners, I want to remind you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to leave a rating and review. You can also comment, like, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. We would appreciate that. And our first topic for today is going to be a new rule from the uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. I forget their official agency title, but uh, something under the Federal Housing Authority, I believe, or... Uh, Maybe it's the home Federal Home Loan Association, something like that. But anyway, um, they have this loan level price adjustment matrix, which um, from a couple of different articles I have found um, is um, it's like an upfront fee based on different factors such as a borrower's credit rating and the size of their down payment, the uh, the fees are typically converted to percentage points that alter the buyer's uh, uh, mortgage rate. And um, I had a hard time finding exactly what the purpose of these fees are, but I did find one quote from a Yahoo Finance article that says... Um, According to media reports, uh, the new LLPA is an amount of fees uh, imposed on borrowers with high credit in a way to subsidize, um, uh, as a way of subsidizing those with low credit scores. And the goal is to support federal uh, initiatives to uh, increase affordable housing across the country and um, um, under the new rules high credit buyers uh, with credit scores ranging from 680 to above 780 will see a spike in their mortgage cost on average of about $40 a month Um, and uh, those with high credit scores that also uh, place 15 to 20 percent of a down payment on their home could uh face a slightly higher cost and say that last part again about the down payments uh those with higher credit scores that also put down a higher down payment like 15 to 20 percent um could see even higher costs um but uh supposedly so the purpose uh, especially if you look at the little quote from uh, the Yahoo Finance that I just mentioned, uh, the increased fees to those um, with higher credit is supposed to help subsidize and provide uh, more affordable housing to people. Uh, so it's one of their new uh, equity initiatives, but in this case, it's not the good kind of equity that you would eventually get from your home. It's the racial equity that this administration is uh, fond of pushing for. And um, 
one of the things that immediately came to my mind when I first heard about this is what about those people of color who have good credit? This affects them. They're going to have to pay the higher costs if they happen to have good credit or seeking to buy a new home. And um, even it still has even like more knock-on effects to that because what if somebody wants to buy a new home and rent it out to somebody? And the yeah, people like that part are, is a gainful activity, right? Yeah. And um, uh, now even if uh, like if somebody buys the house to rent it out, they're likely going to pass that cost on to the renter. And what if the renters happen to be people of color? That's going to affect them having to pay a higher cost for their uh, their living, right? So it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, and we've seen something similar to this before, not yes, that long have. ago. That's what I have in my notes that I've been taking. Right. A couple of things. Where they're making it uh, easier for those who are you know, less credit worthy to borrow houses, or not houses, but borrow money for houses they might not be able to pay back. Right, and, like the housing bubble thing. Right, and in turn... You know, penalizing those who are doing the correct thing. And it comes on top of you know, several reports that the housing market is still tr- struggling, um, especially entering the spring buying season, in which these new uh, rules actually take place on May 1st, which is uh, today as we're recording. Um, so all new loans, this only affects new loans originating from today and uh also to to be fair um i believe in at least one of the articles i have for uh information on this it does say that those with low credit scores still technically pay a higher cost for their loans but the new policies you know trying to lower the gap between uh what those with good credit pay and those with low credit pay. Right. And uh, I don't think it's a good move. Uh, it'll, like I said a little bit ago, certainly have like domino effects, knock-on effects further down the line. And uh, it's just, as I mentioned, I believe in our last episode, we are sort of talking about the economy and the banks. And I think this is just going to, one of those, another elements that's going to add to it. Um. Uh, in a negative way to the economy. Well, and if you don't mind me jumping in, sure, go I for see it. a lot of parallels with this. I mean, I find this very interesting, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, super interesting, actually. I come from a tax background. You know, I worked in tax for a little bit. And I see parallels there, especially with the structuring. Um, and there's, there's also other implications to this as well, you know, other than just the fact that it's been tried before. But it's almost like they're doing this based off of, if anybody's ever worked in the tax field, the earned income credit. The earned income credit's just like this, where, you know, well, and there's also another comparison. Like I said, there's other implications as well. But it's like, have you ever heard of a sliding scale yeah. in the doctor's uh-huh. office? Well, that's what this price adjustment matrix sounds like to me. Just another yeah. way to say that there's a, there's a, like a matrix of numbers. Right. 
because that's a matrix is just a, a set. You might call it a set yeah. of numbers. And, you know, it's almost like a chart in a way. It works like mm-hmm. a chart because on the left hand side, the left, uh, you know, X axis, it's something quantifiable. Right. And on the Y axis, something else quantifiable. And you see, you know, it goes up and down. Right. Income yeah. credit. In this case, it's going to be credit score or whatever. I don't know. But in the EIC tables, it's earned income mm-hmm. is what you're talking about. And there are different categories for how many children you have. And if you have no children or whatever, there's a category for everything. And you just see where the incomes line up and where the, the credit meets mm-hmm. your income or threshold for what category you're in. Right. Right. Well, there's something else. This, it's also a tax thing. But this one really is interesting to me to bring up in relation. If you remember the Obamacare, the tax credit that mm-hmm. they set up, right. the, they set up the exchanges and they did this, uh, I can't remember what it's called, some kind of premium tax credit, and they do a calculation to see essentially for what, you know, what do they call it? For whatever percentage of the, what do they call it? If you're poor, poverty guideline right. uh-huh. that you meet or whatever this is the amount that you should be being charged for health insurance and if you can only afford x then they will subsidize with y right and you talked about this too the subsidy mm-hmm. aspect of this that's that's the really interesting thing that comes in because we've also already seen this done with our health care they're right. doing this now where they give this advanced premium tax credit out and you have to do this calculation to see, well, did they subsidize you too much through the months? Mm-hmm. You have to always be weighing, well, you know, I, the government thought I was going to make 36000 because that's what I did last year. But this year, I actually only made thirty-four. So then they rebalance it and they say, oh, well, we actually owe you, you know, your premium should have been $3 cheaper per month. Mm-hmm. And so they give you a little bit back at the end of the year because, you know... So I just find that interesting because now you're going to be seeing it like with, and they talk about housing, mm-hmm. but you're going to see it bubble over into other things, surely too. I mean, think about credit cards. Right. We've seen that, you know, it used to be the minimum that they would bill you for 10% was your minimum payment, 10% of whatever your outstanding balance was. But they changed that in the legal code so that you had these teeny tiny little minimum pay- payments that you had to make and you could keep keep these large balances you could keep spending you know they mm-hmm. didn't have to adhere to 10 percent. imagine if you had to pay 10 percent. that was your minimum every time you had to make a payment uh-huh yeah yeah um i definitely see how this could yeah work its way into other uh other fields um well yeah i mean if they're just going to basically subsidize mm-hmm. what you pay on your mortgage why not subsidize what you pay on your credit card? Why not subsidize what you pay, you know what I mean, on any yeah. other type of loan? The student right. loans, they already kind of do that. Right. You know? I mean, it's like, I think you'll see it's interesting, but it bleeds sort of over into another thing we're going to talk about and we have talked about before. Yeah. Um, well, I'll just finish with wanting to say that this sure. is just a good example of, you know, in the left's mission of equity they they do things that actually end up harming the same people that they're trying to help 
and more. They they got to crack a few eggs and make an omelet. Yep. But uh, as you hinted at, that kind of leads us to our next topic, the sort of the banking area and loans and stuff. Yes, and into material that we've covered before. Right. Um, I think just on our last segment, the 50th episode, we got into this a little, um, talking about the expansion of the FDIC mm-hmm. and everything like that. Well, I don't know if you would have seen this headline, or if most people would have, but you know, there j- just has been another bank failure. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's the First Republic yeah, Bank. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're based in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They have 84 branches in eight states. And they just got taken over by the FDIC. And all of their assets, this is what's just been released today, right. the last things I saw, but all of their assets have been sold over to J.P. Morgan Chase, which was alluded to in some of the reporting, you know, that I've looked into and studied, you know, like for the last time we went on mm-hmm. air and for this time, um... There have been indications that a lot of these small fry banks, if you will, are going to be selling their assets over. Right. That there is sort of a run on the banks happening right now. And some of the smaller fish are getting eaten by the bigger fish. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's talk of expansion of the FDIC and stuff like that and, and expanding the amount of deposits that we're going to insure. Right. Because we want to inject calmness into the very unsettled markets right now. And so I just find that interesting because we have talked about it before. There's yet another one, another bank failure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since some of this news has been coming out, you know, and maybe even, I don't know exactly when it started. You often find things in this that the CEOs sold their stock ahead of time conveniently and the boards they all cashed out and everything Mm -hmm. but the stock is down 90 percent um and you know the first quarter is over and according to their reporting they're down they've seen a hundred billion dollar decline in deposits just Mm -hmm. in the first quarter so it's also interesting um just just to see what was out there, I googled to see like if there was a list of other banks that might be, you know, hearing their death now soon, mm-hmm. or if other people have conjectured or anything, put anything out there. And I saw that there's already two banks, uh, or two sort of asset companies, you know, asset entities mm-hmm. that are like sort of in trouble, and one of them is called Silvergate Capital Corp. And another one's called Credit Suisse. Have you heard of that? Uh, I've I feel heard of like Credit I've, Suisse. I've feel like I've heard of that too, and they're in trouble. They're over in Europe, I believe, Switzerland, maybe. So I just find it. You know, those are the only two that really came up that I felt like mentioning. That I felt like have sources that are out there that mm-hmm. have actually been talked about. They're they're in some kind of trouble, or they I wouldn't be saying this right, right. now. But um, I feel like there's going to be more. Right. Yeah. And there's been some really interesting things on this. Um, I saw just part of the same reporting. I mean, all of this really comes from the same source, as the viewers will be able to see it. You know, the links will be in the description, as usual. But there's a quote that I found particularly interesting in this source that says that if only half of uninsured depositors... Now, what would that mean? 
uninsured depositors. That would mean people above the Mm $250,000 limit, right? Because they're not going to be insured. Right. Okay. So if only half of the really rich people, that's how I read this, if only half of the uninsured depositors decide to withdraw, almost 190 banks are at a potential risk of impairment to insured depositors. Hmm. So we're just talking about half. Right. Half of depositors. If the rich half of the depositors take all their money out, the insured people are going to be at risk, according to, now I'm not sure this source, but it's a good enough source to quote. And it is is an interesting concept, right? You think they Mm -hmm. have the more money, the most money, of course. But if you see the hypocrisy of this, and that's why I would bring it up, me being frank, they, they can't even insure the FDIC. Right. If you read this statement for what it says, it says right here point blank that they, they can't even insure the FDIC as it stands. So why would we balloon it to include the rich people too? Do you see what I'm saying? The right. hypocrisy of the whole thing. And on that, here's my redemption point, okay? I feel like I've been agreed with. According to the same article, it says, <clears throat> the House Republicans, because we have the House, mm-hmm. They are calling for an end to banking bailouts and oppose, quote, any universal guarantee on bank deposits over the current limit. Amen. Right. Because you can read the writing on the wall. That's why they want to do all this. Uh-huh. They want to cover the rich people who are going to screw the poor people. Right. It makes sense. The whole system's on the verge of collapse. And the Treasury's going to... They've got everybody's back. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. That's what they want you to think. Yep. But so I found that very interesting. It's a very interesting reporting. The links, you know, are provided. I would have you check them out. I would encourage you to do so. It's very interesting. Then you hear their... Janet Yellen sit there and say, There's no problem. Everything's stable. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out more because um, first quarter earning calls are coming around at this time. And I'm sure that's going to help shed some light on how things have been going and uh, what these companies think it's going to look like in the future because they have to give their uh, next quarter projections. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I uh, think it's still going to be a bumpy road for the economy. Like, I'm already mentioned there's a bunch of different factors that are all added up and it's uh probably not gonna get any better in the near term for sure yeah i mean just tangent tangentially related Mm -hmm. i saw a headline that said gas prices are probably going to be higher this summer yeah because there's not as much the headline said something like biden doesn't have as many options on the table or as much wiggle room Right. As he's had before on, on what these prices are going to be set at. Well, that makes sense because he's not focused on producing any at home. And he's, uh, from what it seems, has upset the Saudis and they're going to be raising prices. It'll be uh, interesting to see how right. the summer shakes out. Yep, definitely. And, um, and that moves us to our next topic. Speaking of Joe Biden... Uh, just recently, he has announced his re-election campaign. Yay! What? What? 
I was, reelected. I thought. Yeah, his reelection campaign. Isn't he like a hundred? <laughs> Almost. He's uh, he's what eighty right now. So yeah, he's he's closer to a hundred than he is. Not. Well, yeah, not <laughs> exactly. Right. Wow. Can't but, believe uh, it. Yeah, he uh, put out a roughly three-minute-long video. It was. Yeah, I boring. saw it. It was pretty cheesy. Yeah. Like. Uh, I'm not actually shocked. I just think it's. Right. Shocking. It is shocking. Right. He's gonna be like the oldest president ever. Yeah. Uh. And. Good job, Democrats. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's. Uh, you need some brain dead loony to do your work for you. Ugh. Now that it's official, I can't see them trying to back anybody else for the nomination. I mean, I guess they still might. Uh, who knows? But I don't know who they're going to replace him with. Pelosi. Pelosi. Oh Pelosi. The most hated woman in America. Isn't she like older than him by yeah. like a couple She's years? She's like 110. <laughs> Oh, gosh. She once rode a pterodactyl. Oh, really? She was the Flintstones next door. Yes, neighbor. exactly. Yeah. But yeah, um, I I think he might try to do his uh, hiding in the basement stunt again. He's not going to go out on the trail so often. No big rallies. Well, it got him elected the first time. Right, exactly. Because even in this re-election video, I mean, from my understanding... There's no live, like, live footage of him. It's all been, like, you know, stuff that's been taped before. And you don't see him speaking. You hear him speaking, but it's all, like, voiceover. Um, so they, they don't even want to, like, you know, show him in real action. Of course not, because you know why? I mean, the Trump campaigns write themselves. All you have to do is have Joe Biden's voice, like a voiceover, like you're just saying. You remember how he said of Trump, he said, watch how he walks down ramps and i run upstairs right and you then know, show him like falling that. off and then bike. show him falling over and over yeah. and over and over and over and do it deadpan right dead serious and just show him falling no laugh reel nothing like that right it's great <laughs> and then uh just over the weekend as we're recording they had the white house correspondence dinner uh and he was out there making jokes about him being old. I don't remember what he said, but, uh, uh, you know, he's trying to play it off. Yeah. And schmooze with all <laughs> those people again. Because mm-hmm. they weren't doing it for a couple of years, were they? Um, uh, I don't think they did it for a while. That's possible, like especially like during COVID. Uh, I don't think they did. I was going to say during Trump period, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, like... Oh, um, I, uh, I almost think that, uh, given his age, um, and, uh, that any, almost anybody, uh, on the Republican Party could beat him. I still think Trump would struggle, because it's two old guys going against each other. One, most people don't like, and the other, most people don't pay attention to. Uh, I would actually even say that, uh, I, it'd be a long shot, but... Even old Vivek Ramaswamy would have a decent shot, because... Now, who's that? Remind me. He's the uh, Indian guy. Who, uh, I don't know if you've seen his recent clip when he was on talking to Don Lemon. 
before Don Lemon got fired. Huh, no. Oh. Um, but he's a younger uh, Indian fellow. He's uh, a pretty, pretty reasonable guy who's running for the Republican Party. But, um, but my point was that uh, given that he's Biden's so old and not that likable, I think uh, a, a young candidate could uh, potentially beat him. Well, I'll tell you, I think there's a name. There's a guy who's about to drop his name in the hat. I don't know if you saw this headline, but um, Tim Scott's gonna have a big announcement on Ooh, like Tim Scott on like the twenty fourth or really? something like that. Yeah, of this mm. month. Tim Scott's okay. I just wonder how much of a chance he would have. And I will say this: I think he is the type of candidate that needs to be pushed and uh-huh. backed in the Republican Party going forward. Right? Candidates who are from the outside who you know i mean i think we're the true patchwork and the true quilt work right and we will take anybody anybody of a reasonable mind you know Mm -hmm. and i think we need to show that more and reflect that not just a harmony but but you know how it takes all types it takes everything well i think that shows in the republican field itself how many like, okay, in 2016, the, that race, there was like 17 candidates in the Republican Party. And mm-hmm. I don't know how many there were on the Democrat side, but certainly not that many. And even in 2020, there were you know, a fair number, even though yes. uh, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that it was Well, there's be been Trump. people of lots of color right. from lots of walks of life, different yeah. sexes, different businesses. Right. They've worked in government. They haven't worked in government. They've really made some good points. Some of them right. have really been fools. Sure. You know, it's just like humans are human. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, we always seem to have the most variety and you know, actual diversity. But I also really think it would be good for America to mm-hmm. really have sort of, I mean, I don't really want to treat it with kid gloves, mm-hmm. but I'd love to see a conservative Obama. Right. I don't know how else to put that. Sure. So. Yeah, uh, I I kind of get what you're saying. He's, you know, for for what it's worth, Obama was a pretty charismatic person. He was able to win people over with his personality. He, you know, mm-hmm. charmed people. Yes. And, and he, and had he a, broke barriers. Right, exactly. And, and I'd love to see it on our side. I'd love right. to see somebody break through that barrier. Right. On the conservative side, and really have a, you know, somebody like a, a Winsome Sears. Oh, yeah, she'd be good. I know. I mean, I know, and that's why I don't mind to say this, because I know what I mean. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I hope the listeners would know. We have a long, you can go back and listen to our old podcasts. You know, we've been doing this for a while now. And we covered Winsome Sears, for mm-hmm. example. I saw her win. We covered it. Yeah. These are the types of candidates and the types. So I, I'm really attracted to like a Tim Scott. Right. That's why I just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful for our party. Right. I think it'd be wonderful for America. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I think Tim Scott would have a better shot than um, Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Nikki Haley is trying to uh, run possibly as uh, Trump's vice president from what other people are also thinking because uh, might be good i don't know well might, might be appealing let me say that well both of them uh trump and uh nikki haley are 
kind of attacking Ron DeSantis from the left on the whole Disney issue. And um, uh, I, don't, I don't know the exact quote, but uh, Nikki Haley used the phrase sanctimonious. She's not going to be sanctimonious about Disney coming to South Carolina or something like that. And uh, Donald Trump likes to call Ron DeSantis Ron DeSanctimonious. Mm. So it, a few people think it seems a fairly choice word <laughs> that she used uh, there. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I think Tim Scott would be better than Nikki Haley. Um, then I also think Vivek Ramaswamy could probably be better. Oh yeah, than her. Well, really, in a way, I don't know why, but you just made DeSantis go up in my book because it almost makes him sound like he's got core values that Trump and Haley don't have. Right, I mean, and I think that's part of what uh, should be considered when it comes to the Republican primary. Because there are other things that uh, Trump has come from the left on with DeSantis. It's uh, Social Security. Yeah. Trump doesn't want to touch it at all. He's, he's made the promise that he's not going to touch Social Security. Well, you sort of can't because it's a bot sold and... How do you put it? Bot sold and believed lie. You can't... I mean, it'd be like popping a balloon to really talk about Social Security. Well, I mean, I get that it's a tough issue to like actually work on, but I don't see why, especially if you're running for a primary, that you're gonna not be conservative on that that issue. I think because you on oh on the Disney issue. No, Social Security. So will you state it again? Because I'm. What's your point again? I was talking about how Donald Trump has attacked Ron DeSantis from the left on. The social security issue. I gave that as another example. Okay. Like Trump well, then I would just agree with you and DeSantis again then, because you have to be realistic about that. And right. I don't, I'm not one who's bought into the lie. So I don't want to be treated with kid gloves. Just because everybody wants to treat social security with kid gloves doesn't right. mean I want to be treated with right. kid gloves. I'd love to pop that balloon. Right. I mean, from my understanding, Trump won't even, doesn't even want to raise the age. Mm-hmm. much less you know anything else but um well i totally hear you then right i mean because you've inspired me and i've only been sort of well i guess i've been very actively listening to you and talking back and everything but i could just pick up from what you said right there there was a dichotomy mm-hmm. where they're kind of flip-flopping and it, it doesn't even really matter on how you feel about disney sure but it's like oh yeah We'd bend over backwards to have Disney in North Carolina. Uh-huh. We'd bend over backwards to work with Disney. Right. You almost hear that. Whereas yeah. DeSantis is saying, this has got to stop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, the, the elections have come to a point where we're not, we're no longer just voting for who's going to put more money back in our pockets, whether it's via lower taxes and decreased regulations or if you're on the other side by more subsidies or government handouts yeah it's it's beyond stuff like that we're we're dealing with issues of doctors mutilating children those are the kinds of things we're we're gonna have to start considering and voting on beyond just uh taxes and the disney thing is more important than it seems right isn't it yeah it's very interesting it is, and uh, 
You know, I think Disney has a bad track record too. Yeah, it uh, it's yeah, it definitely has had mixed opinions in the public eye over the past uh, several decades. Walt was no saint. <laughs> no, but um, but to bring it back to Joe Biden announcing his reelection campaign, uh, like I said, I think s- since he's done that, uh, the Democrat Party's pretty much stuck with them. Uh, I still wouldn't be surprised if come, you know, primary season next January, they try pushing somebody else out to get the nomination. But uh, they're stuck with them, and I still think uh, uh, Trump has a tough time beating them. I don't think he's completely out of the count. Like I said in the last episode, if he can focus on the comparison of the two administrations and not make it about himself, I think he might have a better shot. Um, and then, as I said just a moment ago, I think any of the younger, uh, well, not any, but a few of the younger Republican potential nominees would have a pretty good shot. Well, time will tell. Exactly. Because uh, a lot can change between now and then. I think it's interesting, if I can piggyback sure. on to the next topic here, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the news is covered going forward, not mm-hmm. just in the next cycle, but you talk about the news in general now. I don't know if you saw, but uh, a guy I know okay, Tucker Carlson, mm-hmm. and a network I know okay, Fox News, <laughs> just went their separate ways. Yeah. Did you hear about this? I'm sure. Oh, Everybody yeah. Has. Big yeah. deal. Yeah. Big deal. Huge deal. Huge deal. Well, what I find interesting is I had a thought pop into my head right away when I first ever heard this, mm-hmm. saw this headline. It was a little bit of a shock to me, I'll say. Yeah, me too. I hadn't heard any whispers about it going to happen. And then all of a sudden I saw a headline that said that it had happened. Right. So it was a little bit of a shock to me. Well, it seems it probably was to Tucker too because... I've seen a couple of people play clips from his Friday show because on his last show that he did, he he said, "See you next week," or you know something like that to the effect he'll, that he'd be back next week. Then yeah. Monday rolls around, Monday afternoon he's out. Right. So yeah, it probably was somewhat of a surprise to him too. Yes, I'm sure it probably was because well, I mean I don't know. I just sort of feel it in a way. It mm-hmm. was definitely a, a surprise, a shock. Yeah. But I think it's also sort of interesting if you think about the whole, the totality of news and everything. And he was one of their biggest draws. Mm, yeah, the biggest. Well, let's not go there. I don't really. Oh, on that channel. He, I mean, I'm sure he was. I'm not debating okay. you. I'm just. I just want to be a little bit more neutral. He was one of their biggest draws. But I want to say, almost in general, the fact. I mean, yeah, we can be literal if you want. I've seen. I just don't have the numbers. But I've seen that he's already drawing bigger crowds on his own mm-hmm. than he was receiving when he was there. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, and we've seen other people. Megan Kelly's an example. People have already done this, made mm-hmm. a career out of just doing their own news commentary. Right. Just for, you might say for being has-beens, but they have to work actively at it. You know, right. it's, yeah. it's still his work. <clears throat> so, right. Yeah, yeah, and I would, I think, um, you know, you, you use Megan Kelly, she's a pretty good example. 
uh, I don't know exactly how. I mean, I know she's doing well for herself with her show. Uh, yeah. But comparatively to when she was on Fox, I don't know all that. Yeah, I don't know all that either. Right. But I have a feeling that wherever Tucker goes, he's. I don't think he's going to lose too much. He's no to get bigger. No, he is ready to get bigger. And yeah. this is part of what I'm saying is I think you're also going to see now because he was one of that network's biggest draws, mm-hmm. right? I think you're going to see a decline in that network. I yep. think you maybe already have if I you're paying would attention. I actually say I think I have just yep. recently, not even on their channel. I know, but there's been directly. lots of reporting of that fact too. But just saying, I mean, it depends on where you look, what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, going forward still, going forward yet, mm-hmm. there's going to be a further decline. There's going to be a decline in this channel. There's going to be a decline in what I would call corporate media, period. Mm -hmm. Overall, the whole blanket. I mean, this stuff is so gone. Right. And that's what we're going to see here is these people who own this media corporation, Fox News, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever we're talking about, they're making themselves plain because you think, what are they saying? They're saying, we don't want Tucker's input right on the next election Mm -hmm. we don't want him giving the news right in the next cycle we don't want him to still be on air right we don't want him so much that we're gonna sacrifice all the money we get from his viewership yeah we're gonna die on this hill yep and so yeah it's the birth in a way it's the birth of tucker carlson i think sure i mean renaissance yes I mean, hopefully, you know, I wish him well. Yeah, I course. like Tucker. I mean, I don't know that he's the bee's knees and cat's pajamas, <laughs> right. but uh, he's pretty cool. Yeah, well, he's definitely important. He might be the cat's pajamas. He's an important figure and, um, you know, conservative commentary. And he's a wide platform. Yeah. He has an active mind. I will say that I think right. he's very cerebral. I mm-hmm. think he's an intelligent person. Right. Um, I, I think he's got a good work ethic. I don't think he's lazy. Right. But I do think there's probably that tendency to fall into the same sort of money trap that it all ends up centered around. It, sure. it all ends up around money, you know? Mm-hmm. Am I getting paid to do this? You know, we might all fall into that trap. Sure. I, don't, I don't discredit him for it, but that's all that I see if I had to say anything. Right. But I think it's interesting they're really losing a gym because we've seen him do segments with people that other people won't, wouldn't interview. Mm-hmm. We've seen him do segments on topics that other people don't really touch. They mm-hmm. don't really try to drag into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know, other people, let's say the, the Laura Ingrams of the world, who knows, other people who still have their jobs, let's say, they probably wouldn't take these risky, you know, mm. these risks right. that he has. And right. that other people that he's interviewed, like Elon Musk, have mm-hmm. these types of... And I don't know if you remember, but he had just interviewed Elon Musk. I don't remember if it was on the Fox News, you know, the... What would you call it? The late night Tucker? What was that one? He had a, a oh, different... Um, oh, think, Good Morning with Tucker or something uh, like that. Tucker Carlson Today. Today. On, yeah. On a, the all right. Well, I'm Fox all over Nation the map. But, streaming service. Yeah. yeah, the Fox Nation. Yeah. So it might have been on that. It might have been on his channel. I don't remember. But he interviewed Elon Musk, Mm -hmm. and they were talking about the dangers of AI. Right. And there's been a lot of talk about that recently, because I guess, you know, 
they say that this open AI chat GPT, have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just blowing up, blowing up in popularity. Yeah. I heard the quote that it's writing poetry as good as humans, at least to the human who reads it. <laughs> right. they, they might consider it equal to another human's work or effort or whatever. But I heard, I saw that they are receiving about 100 million monthly active users to get mm-hmm. these chats, the chat, open AI chat GPT to do whatever, uh-huh. to talk, talk to these people. And all these big companies, Microsoft, Google, Musk is supposed to come out with his own AI. They're all supposed to come out with their own AI. Right. Microsoft's introducing the new Bing. That's what they're calling it, the mm-hmm. new Bing. <laughs> right. Because Bing sold so well. <laughs> right, yeah. The new Bing. <laughs> it's like new Coke. New Coke. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's just interesting, I mean, because so many people, I mean, Elon Musk, the co-founder of Apple, Mm -hmm. um, Steve Wozniak, they've come out, they've talked about how dangerous this stuff is, and even there's some new material, I guess, new in the sense that people hadn't linked it with today's headlines yet, Mm -hmm. but it's now in the headlines that Stephen Hawking, before he died, he was talking about the dangers of AI. Somebody's gone back and linked that together, that hmm. there's all this negative stuff about the AI programs now, and it could be the death of humanity <laughs> within a hundred years, Hawking said. Oh, <laughs> okay. I know, but it's still, and they're all out there talking about it, though. Elon Musk, he just said it recently. That's the one right. I provided you the link to, and the people will have a link to. Musk is even talking about it, too, that it could be the deadliest thing we've ever created. Deadlier than the atom bomb kind of thing. I don't know that that's a direct quote, but he's saying scary, dangerous. Right. So I think it's interesting. I think that's interesting that there's been developments in this AI thing, that it's all of a sudden on everybody's lips. And I think it's sad that and interesting that Tucker's gone and he's not going to be able to talk about the things we've been talking about. Well, you know, not in the same sense, not on the same platform. Right. But it's interesting that they don't want him there. Yeah, um, it almost seems like, you know, Fox is uh, moderating themselves or becoming more moderate. And before you know it, because at the same time, supposedly that's what CNN is doing, but in the other way. And how long until you flip back and forth between the two channels, it's the same same point of view. Mm -hmm. Good news, comrade. Yep. (laughs) It's uh, when quite, you go to polls, you vote this way. <laughs> it's it's definitely interesting to see Fox make this big move, um, and uh, it's, uh, be interesting to see where Tucker goes from here. Uh, like we said, uh, we uh, hopefully he'll you know get bigger, at least you know won't he ain't going anywhere else. I, I and I that. hope he'll continue to be good. Right. I think that matters too, because there's a certain structure with a big name like Fox Mm -hmm. and a a legal team like Fox. You know, he 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 sort of did have freedoms for a certain while. Sure, he was able to comport himself in a way that others might not necessarily have been able to comport themselves. Right. But I hope that he continues good luck and good good work. Yep. Same here. I'm sure. uh... He'll make a home wherever he he lands. And uh, is that all we got? 
That's all I really had. That's pretty much all I got, too. thought that was pretty good conversation. And listeners, if you enjoyed the conversation, please be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. Also, like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube channel. And visit our website, contemporaryconservative.net, to check out more content there. Remember to tell a friend about us, or two. And as always, thanks for listening.